This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Mike Breen joins us every week, CEO of Human Rights First. Great to have you back on Against All Enemies. Mike, how's it going? It's going good, Ken. It's going good. Congratulations on the show. It's good to be back. Thanks. It's doing well. Um, I, I don't know if that's a, a good sign or not. The more we have to talk about extremism in America, the more alarmed I guess we should be. But I want your take on what's happening on the southern border. You have the governor of Texas with this, I don't even know what to call it. He's putting a floating barrier in the Rio Grande, covering it in barbed wire. Kids are literally drowning. It is not stopping that many migrants. It just seems like a performance for his extremist base. And you've had people down there, right? Yeah, we, we've pretty consistently had research teams down there, you know, right there on the border where, where you're seeing those images, talking to people. Um, and we've got a team in D.C. looking into this, too. Um, you know, I think you're right. I mean, this, this is really sick political theater is what it is. And, it, and it's, it's done for an extremist audience. You know, set aside the, the really troubling federal and state uh, conflict that's been set up here. You know, we, we know Customs and Border Patrol has kind of privately reached out to the Texas government. Uh, Congress is now aware of that, essentially saying, look, this is making our jobs harder. You're making border enforcement more difficult for us with these crazy stunts. Uh, we know that it's had a huge impact. It appears on the morale of, of Texas state troopers uh, and law enforcement who are being asked by their governor to do, you know, really unconscionable things. Um, and of course, the human rights perspective, you know, we've had, everybody's seen this with, you know, pregnant women miscarrying, uh, stuck in, in razor wire. We've had, you know, reliable reports of state troopers being told to, to push children, including infants back into the, into the river, uh, including people who can't swim. Uh, we've had reports of, you know, troopers being told to deny water to people who are, you know, at risk of deaths from heat exhaustion and dehydration. So this is terrible stuff. Um, and the rhetoric being used to justify it, you know, it comes directly from white supremacist conspiracy theories uh, that, you know, portray asylum seekers and, and migrants as an existential threat to white Americans. I mean, this is classic great replacement conspiracy theory. Um, you know, some secret cabal of malevolent elites usually depicted as Jewish people. Their secret goal is to disempower and, and eliminate white people by replacing them through non-white immigration or intermarriage. This is the theory, right? We've heard it from Tucker Carlson, and now we're hearing it from the governor of Texas, uh, who's using it to justify uh, these really brutal, ineffective, and, and, and illegal policies. If they're ineffective, and we know they're ineffective, then certainly the authorities in the state of Texas know they're ineffective. Can you just restate again why they're still doing it? It's sick political theater, Ken. I mean, th this is about putting on a show for the television cameras and putting on a show for the extremists they hope will cheer them on. I mean, I, I, wish, I wish there were a better logic to it than that, but that's, that's it. And again, the rhetoric they're using, invasion, replacement, I mean, 
these are dehumanizing terms and, and, and they, they're designed to justify, you know, policies that kill people and that kind of obviously risk killing people. Um, and they're designed to play to a certain audience that's already steeped in this great replacement conspiracy theory. And, it, and its origins are, you know, white supremacist extremism. We're hearing anecdotally about some state troopers, maybe even Customs and Border Patrol, but I think they're mostly state authorities resisting. Uh, not in an organized way, but at least in their comments to media outlets saying, this is, this is too much. I can't throw one more kid back into the Rio Grande. Did your researchers come across any of that, that moral reaction on the front lines? Yeah, we, we privately hear this stuff all the time. And it, and it you know, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking for me personally. I mean, my father was a state trooper, you know, for 20 years when I was growing up. And I, I looked up to him and I still, I still do and, and greatly respect, you know, why he wore that uniform. Um, you know, a lot of other people in my family are in law enforcement. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to have my dad come home and, you know, say to us at the kitchen table, well, you know, today the, the governor, in, in this case, New Hampshire, ordered me to throw a bunch of kids in a river. I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have done it. And second of all, I mean, that's a that's a heck of a thing to have to carry around as somebody who signed up to do the right thing, you know? So I don't, I don't want to, I mean, the, the greatest cost is paid, you know, by the people whose, whose lives are being directly attacked, right? The, people's human rights are being violated. But one of the things I think we miss in these discussions is just how uh, destructive it is for the law enforcement and security institutions that are ordered to do these kinds of things. Um, it's, it's moral injury and it, and it's a, I can't think of a better way to demoralize and tear apart your own state police force. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up moral injury. And I think you and I have some, some authority to speak on this. Can you give us the, the, the primer on, on what that does to a person and the, the distinction, uh, with, with PTSD? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we all have some sense at this point of what, of what PTSD is about. Um, it can go hand in hand with moral injury, but moral injury is what happens to a person's sense of themselves and their society when they're ordered to do something that they know is wrong and that they know will carry, you know, if they do it, they're going to carry the shame of having done it, you know, for the rest of their lives. Um, in, in military service, uh, you know, which you and I have both experienced, um, uh, this is a real danger. Um, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty bad day in Afghanistan where I, I had authority over an artillery unit and uh, much an officer far senior to me ordered to fire, ordered me to fire unobserved artillery um, on a cache of food that one of his patrols had left behind. So a bunch of basically a bunch of food and water left up on a mountainside and nobody was looking at it. And it was above a village. And I said, there's no way I'm doing that. I mean, there's probably a bunch of kids crawling around picking this water up. Uh, you know, I, I can't do that. Uh, it, not only does it violate the the, law, the rules of engagement, bias of conscience, and my, my basic understanding of myself as an American soldier. And it, it turned into a pretty serious back and forth, but ultimately, you know, we didn't fire that artillery. Um, but I, you know, I had the ability to sort of stand up and say no. Sometimes guys don't. And, and when they're in a position where they can't say no, and, and it, you know, this is a thing that can really destroy somebody for the rest of their lives. And it really shakes your faith in not just your command structure and your unit, but your whole country and the, the moral underpinning of why you chose to wear the uniform. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty terrible thing to do to somebody who's, who signed up to try to do the right thing and, and signed up to be a protector, to ask them to become a human rights violator. And we see this around the world. 
Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I am about to make a pitch for literally my favorite startup in the world. It's called Storied Hats and it is revolutionizing the apparel industry, starting with hats. I wear them, my kids wear them, not only because they look great, but because Storied Hats is a great company. Every piece of this is sustainably sourced and the hats are made in ethical fair trade facilities. This is an apparel company with a conscience. A little inside baseball here. I actually know the owner and he's one of the best people I have ever met. You wouldn't think a hat company could change the world, but this one is trying to. Most apparel is incredibly toxic. It's not made well and it's not made ethically. Storied Hats is different. And I am told by my kids, it's also very stylish. Tons of colors, patterns, hats designed for all seasons. And the best part, no logos. If you don't want your forehead looking like a billboard, Storied Hats has you covered. Check them out at storiedhats.com and use BOATS for 15% off at checkout. That's storiedhats.com and use code BOATS at checkout. Thanks. You mentioned Tucker Carlson and the Great Replacement Theory. Human Rights First was out in front, and, and I'm just going to read one of your tweets and monitoring the impact of violent rhetoric by mainstream personalities like Carlson, which created an echo chamber to and from the extremist fringe of misinformation and disinformation that can lead to violence we too often see today. I think the elevation of the Great Replacement Theory is the best slash worst example of that. Tucker's been gone for a couple of months. Has that vacuum been filled? Because that's always my concern that it's it's less about the personality than the zeitgeist. There's just an appetite for that kind of hate. There absolutely is. And, and there are more messengers, not fewer, espousing this kind of garbage. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you see it in the context of, of great electoral replacement theory. You know, the idea that this is about uh, the Democratic Party gaining power by bringing in all these voters who are, are going to vote Democrat. Um, but we we really shouldn't, I think, underestimate how lethal this is. Um, you know, August 3rd, Thursday, we're, we're coming up on the fourth anniversary of the El Paso terrorist attack. Um, you know, and this is where somebody, you know, this uh, white supremacist who, what you know, said, I'm driven by fear of a Hispanic invasion and replacement. So exactly what we're talking about here, you know, walked into an El Paso Walmart and killed 23 people um, because, you know, in his demented mind, he thought he was protecting his country from an invasion from, from this replacement. Right. Um, you know, people act on this stuff and, and kill innocent people. Um, and it's not harmless. We've known this for a really long time. And yet, you know, it becomes more and more mainstream for certain politicians. And, and now, of course, as, as we've said, you know, this is the basic script for a piece of, you know, potentially quite lethal political theater that the government, you know, the governor of Texas has decided that he, that he wants to put on. Speaking of political theater, I think Senator Tuberville is in the find out stage of his political theatrics. Um, I'm sure you recall when challenged about white supremacists in the military, his response was, I don't see white supremacists, I see Americans, I see Trump voters. Uh, and one of his political theatrics was putting a hold on military promotions because of the military's uh, abortion policy. And it looks like as of today, Alabama is no longer going to receive Space Command. Are you read up on that? Do you have any anything to any any reaction to that? Uh, my reaction is the same as yours. You know, 
mess around with national security and find out. Um, you know, I think he's starting to find out. It's it's funny, of course, but it's it's also it's not harm. There's nothing harmless about it, right? Um, encouraging extremism in the ranks and, and and really messing up the lives of a, of a lot of military families and senior officers, leaving the Marine Corps leaderless for the first time in its history for stupid politics. Um, and then trying to wrap yourself in the flag while you're doing it. Uh, but you know, of course the really shameless part is trying to score a bunch of military port contracts while you're at it. Um, didn't work out too well. for them. Right. One last thing while I have you a bit of a non sequitur, the Biden administration has just agreed to a shift in policy and will begin providing information to the International Criminal Court, prompted, of course, by Russia's aggression in, U- in Ukraine. You came back from Ukraine, actually, the last time, one of the last times we spoke, you were there uh, for many administrations. Actually, since the creation of the ICC, every administration has resisted cooperating that appears to be shifting your reaction to that long overdue and extremely positive um you know we're not all the way but this is something uh human rights first has really advocated for pretty forcefully um our extremely effective but quiet uh, director of human rights accountability adam keith has been a huge leader on this really pushed hard for this change uh, General Hodges, a former commander of U.S. Army Europe, um, who's very close to our organization, was, was a major leader on this, along with a lot of his colleagues. Um, so we've been publicly and privately pushing for this for a long time. I, th- I think this is a, a very important step forward. Uh, it's a crucial national security tool for the United States. It's, it's an important human rights tool for the United States. Um, and I'm glad to see it. I, we hope that it's followed up by uh, just an official embrace around the world of the ICC uh, by the U.S. government. Uh, but a huge step forward and, and a lot of hard work by a lot of people went into getting this done. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks.